Hello, and welcome to this podcast summary of the meeting of the IAASB held in New York City the week of March 14, 2016. I'm Kathy Healy, Technical Director of the IAASB, and I'm joined by Professor Arnold Childer, Chairman of the Board, Chuck Landis, IAASB Deputy Chair, and IAASB members Rich Sharko and Brendan Murtaugh. Welcome all. Arnold, could I ask you to start with an overview of this week's meeting? Okay, thanks, uh, Kathy. I think I found it most of all a very interesting meeting. And we had a lot of discussions and listening and exploring on a range of important projects. And, and you will hear more about it soon. NOCLA, the, the non-compliance with laws and regulations, professional skepticism, ISA 540 on accounting estimates, data analytics, integrated reporting, agreed upon procedures, and even initial discussions on one of our key risk assessment standards, ISA 315. And on top of that, we started discussing our consultation on the work plan for 2017 and 18, um, and in particular, how best to engage our stakeholders on the future work of the IAASB in light of the very significant projects that are currently underway. Another important feature this meeting was also that um, Richard Fleck was able to join us, uh, Richard being the deputy chair of the ethics board, the ESBA, and chair of the ESBA NOCLAR working group. So it was very helpful to have him directly in those discussions with us. And Brendan will speak more to that. Um, and I mentioned outreach dialogue. Um, we heard often this week as well about the week before when we had an active dialogue, as, as always, I have to say, with our consultative advisory group, uh, chaired by Matt Walderen. Uh, so we were well prepared for the discussions this week with all the input from the many representatives in the CAG, very valuable input. And we also had joint sessions with the CAG from not, not only our CAG, but also the ethics board CAG, where we discussed NOCLAR again, and also professional skepticism, because we do that together. And then uh, that same week, we had two uh, very successful roundtables with regard to our um, ITC, the, the invitation to comment on our projects to enhancing order quality, which is professional skepticism, quality control, and, and group audits. And uh, we were able to have a range of stakeholders around the table with very lively discussions and feedback, so that it's very beneficial to our further work while we are awaiting, of course, the, the, the comment letters. Um, and we also noted, that's my final point, um, that the task forces and working groups uh, had a lot of significant outreach. Our outreach is increasing all the time and it allows us to um, expedite our standard setting work, um, I think, in a very effective way by, by hearing so many comments in early stage of projects and uh, also the, the discussions in between of the working groups, task forces that chairs on crossover issues um, that has I think enabled us to uh, discuss the appropriate actions for each of these projects in order to uh, move them forward. And we, we are 
very determined to, to continue with all this outreach and dialogue. Um, and maybe I should say it's, it's the hallmark of our standard setting work. So a lot of that was on the table this week and, and I'm quite happy with that meeting therefore. Thanks. Thank you, Arnold. The IAASB also discussed its project to revise its standard on auditing accounting estimates, ISA 540, which also includes the IAASB's work on special auditing considerations relating to financial institutions. Rich, can you update us on how the discussions went? Yes, thank you, Kathy. We had a helpful discussion, um, which has given the task quote a lot of food for thought. I can note the board's support for including specific focus on complexity in ISA 540, making ISA 540 scalable, but keeping all estimates in ISA 540, and noted the various suggestions of how that might be progressed. Embarking further on work on third-party data sources and the distinction with management's experts, and for the task force to continue to focus on disclosures. Other points to consider, various suggestions regarding the approach to enhancing professional skepticism throughout the standard. We'll need to clarify the words governance and the term key when we refer to key data and assumptions. There was not a lot of support for the concept of rebuttable presumption. We'll need to consider a closer look at emphasizing the spectrum of risk and appropriate responses. And we'll need to consider how to respond to regulatory concerns that the ECL is always a significant risk. Many good suge suggestions around the paragraph 13 of ISA 540, including the need to find a way to express relationship between the risks and related work effort. And lastly, the need to emphasize that the auditor cannot reduce estimation uncertainty on its own. Helpful discussion with other working groups dealing with the understanding of the entity and its environment, professional skepticism, and data analytics to consider issues relevance to ISA 540. There was also engaging discussion between some of the working groups. After an initial discussion of some common issues, the focus shifted to what the ISA 540 task force needs from the professional skepticism working group, the ISA 315 working group, the data analytics working group, and how to liaise going forward. As an example of the cooperation and support received from these working groups, we look forward to seeing the IWSB side of the Professional Skepticism Working Group accelerate their discussions about some of the ideas the ISA 540 Working Group had to address professional skepticism in ISA 540. Regarding the way forward, the task force will meet physically twice before the June IWSB meeting, along with numerous task force calls. We will also have calls with representatives from the CAG, SMPC, and other outreach, including non-financial institution related, as well as ongoing financial institution related outreach. Thank you, Rich. You specifically mentioned the interactions with a number of other IAASB projects, in particular our work on ISA 315 and data analytics. Perhaps I can update on those discussions as well. On the topic of ISA 315, the board had an initial discussion um, on the new project, exploring initial views as a result of the findings from our post-implementation review of the clarified ISAs, some questions of scalability for SMPs, and also a number of other potential areas where the standard could be further enhanced or, or perhaps clarified. This standard deals with identifying and assessing the risks of material misstatement through understanding the entity and its environment, so it has relationships with the professional skepticism work as well. The board agreed that um, prioritization of certain matters would be helpful in light of the ISA 540 timeline, in particular the areas of focus on significant risks, the nature and extent of understanding internal control, and some other IT considerations. 
On the topic of data analytics, the board continues to explore this new area which deals with innovations in audits coming from the use of audit data analytic techniques. Um, the board has been hearing about outreach activities and urged our working group to continue to do so with plans to put forward a working group publication explaining the IWSB's interest in this area, its initial views on how its standards address the topic, and interactions with other projects and potential future actions. So some interesting developments there that continue with our board in June. The board also discussed responses to the IWSB's NOCLAR ED. Brendan, can you provide us with a summary of the board's discussions? Thank you, Kathy. We had a very productive discussion during the board meeting. Uh, we received an update on the outcome of the Ethics Board's March 2016 meeting in relation to the changes in the Code of Ethics for Professional Accountants and addressing responding to non-compliance with laws and regulations. It was noted that the Ethics Board planned to approve these changes in April 2016. We also considered the feedback of the July 2015 exposure draft proposing amendments to the IAASB's international standards in response to the Ethics Board's NOCLAR proposals. We also considered the task force's recommendation in relation to the responses to the comments received. The Board confirmed their view that the terminology in the IAASB's international standards should be aligned with the uh, IESBA code as much as possible with differences as necessary in order to take cognizance of the objective of the IWSB's international standards and to factor in flexibility to accommodate differing jurisdictional, legal and ethical requirements. The board gave input on, amongst other things, uh, the responsibility to consider reporting NOCLAR to an authority outside the entity and how this should be described in ISO 250. It also considered the definition of non-compliance. This matter will be considered and discussed further by the board at its teleconference uh, in April. Thank you, Brendan. Chuck, could you touch on discussions around professional skepticism, integrated reporting, and agreed upon procedures, please? Thank you, Kathy. <clears throat> As you mentioned, we did um, talk about and discuss three very important topics. And, and three very, very interesting topics in, in their own way. Um, the first that you mentioned is professional skepticism, and there, Professor Annette Kohler, who, um, who chairs the Professional Skepticism Working Group, um, talked with the board about some of the input that she had received from four outreach activities uh, the week before. And it's always fascinating as we do our outreach and talk to uh, stakeholders, users, uh, and others who, who have such a strong interest in auditing to hear their take on, on what elements are important for an auditor to exercise professional skepticism. And, and some of the things that <clears throat> we, we heard included are the firms recruiting the right types of individuals? Um, the type of student who will come into the firm and really have an innate skeptical attitude. Um, we also heard about the tremendous need for education and training. Um, education so that the, the auditor understands uh, and has a very deep 
understanding of the business that uh, he or she may be auditing so that they uh, can challenge management. Um, and that was certainly uh, came out very loud and clear that in order to challenge management, you absolutely have to have uh, an understanding of the business model. We also heard about uh, the trade-offs uh, that go into the audit process, such as um, the, the trade-off between doing an audit in a timely, uh, cost-effective manner, and, and what implications does timing have um, against quality. Um, certainly, we know that uh, regulators require audited financial statements to be filed within certain time frames and, and do some of those regulatory uh, requirements actually impact quality and if so, how? Um, we, we heard um, the, the, the need to really kind of step back and think about what constitutes sufficient and appropriate audit evidence? Because when you think of skepticism and, and the need for an auditor to exercise professional skepticism, oftentimes at the end of the day, it really comes down to, uh, do I have not only enough evidence, but do I have the right type of evidence um, to, in order to be able to reduce audit risk to an appropriate level. So it, it kind of suggests when, when can the auditor stop? When, when is enough or when do I have enough evidence? Um, certainly we heard from users that um, they, they do believe that professional skepticism is a mindset and so um, they certainly encouraged us, you know, to, to keep professional skepticism at the principal level, uh, not try to reduce it to some type of a checklist where if the auditor checked all the boxes that that would somehow indicate um, that they had exercised professional skepticism. And then, of course, we've heard, as Arnold already suggested and Rich spoke about, uh, the need to link professional skepticism to our other projects, whether it be auditing estimates, whether it be uh, the, the auditor's risk assessment as they plan the audit, uh, and also as it impacts the quality control standards uh, in terms of how a firm deals with education, training, uh, advancement, uh, etc. And then, of course, uh, group audits as well. And so what, what this also pointed out was that uh, the, the notion of professional skepticism and the proper implementation cannot just be solved by the IAASB, that it really is a group effort. And, and that's going to include and, and why our working group includes representatives from from also uh, the International Accounting Education Standards Board as well as the International Ethics uh, Standards Board. And so um, we'll continue to really search uh, and, and to inquire from many others how, how we can properly um, describe professional skepticism in our standards and how we can help firms properly exercise uh, professional skepticism because it is quite clear uh, and, and, and of course this is 
nothing that we didn't know, but certainly as you talk to stakeholders, everybody understands that exercising professional skepticism is, is really fundamental uh, to the audit and, and that it's so critical that we get that idea right um, as we get into these topics such as auditing estimates, etc. Um, as, as I previously mentioned, there, there was also a number of suggestions to make certain that uh, it's not just linked to um, auditing estimates, but that we really make certain that uh, as an auditor is planning his or her audit engagement and going through the risk of material misstatement that might be uh, present that that the auditor is able to properly exercising um, skepticism. So as you can tell, it's, it's, it's just so fundamental and critical to the entire auditing process. So short term, uh, what we hope to do at the June meeting is, is to prepare a draft on how skepticism can be taken into account uh, for the existing projects. And then more longer term, uh, to see what kind of feedback we get from our ITC, our invitation to comment, and then to really dissect what folks are, are telling us and, and whether or not there may need to be a longer term project uh, that really relooks and, and challenges the basic audit model. With respect to integrated reporting, um, we had a very, very a constructive discussion on a draft discussion paper that was prepared by the integrated working group and certainly the board expressed their appreciation to that working group for uh, an excellent document, a document that uh, kind of took a neutral position with respect to um, the approaches, the criteria, uh, the different types of emerging forms of, of external reporting, what is oftentimes referred to now as EER, uh, emerging external reporting, which would encompass uh, integrated reporting. And so the, uh, again, looking forward now to the June meeting, um, the, the uh, working group intends to bring back another paper or, or some amendments, revisions to that paper. To, uh, to provide a little bit more detail on EER and some of the research and concepts, um, some perhaps further considerations on uh, guidance on how uh, we, we can address some of the assurance challenges uh, that we have relative to EER and whether there are suitable criteria um, that underlie the EERs to, uh, to provide assurance. And then just to um, uh, sharpen our questions around what, what else is needed as we think about uh, the market demands. And then the, the third project that you mentioned, Kathy, was uh, AUPs, Agreed Upon Procedures. Uh, there we heard a, another very interesting presentation by uh, the AUP working group on a number of issues that they're considering. Uh, everything ranging from, again, uh, do you need professional judgment when you uh, perform AUP? What's the role of professional skepticism? Uh, 
uh, just a host of different issues, uh, even including can you mix and match AUP engagements with other types of assurance engagements? And if so, what, what does that report need to look like? What are some of the uh, ramifications relative to restrictions, etc. So just a very, very interesting discussion. And again, uh, the AUP working group plans uh, to come back in June uh, with, with uh, hopefully a, another um, discussion paper that the board can look at. So thank you. Thank you, Chuck. The board will hold a teleconference at the end of April 2016 to discuss issues related to NOCLAR. The IAASB's next physical meeting will be held the week beginning June 20th to the 24th, 2016 in New York. In June, the board will have the opportunity to consider issues and, and discussions related to the following matters. Approval of the amendments to the IAASB's standards to deal with NOCLAR, ISA 540, professional skepticism, ISA 315, finalization of the consultation on integrated reporting, a first draft of the consultation paper for agreed upon procedures, in a working group of the paper from data analytics. We'll also have the opportunity to approve the consultation on the work plan for 2017 to 2018. In addition, very initial feedback will be provided on the input from the IAASB's invitation to comment, the period which closes on May 16, 2016, in addition to various outreach events. Our meetings are open to the public and members may register as observers. Please register as early as possible for these meetings as registration closes one week prior to the start. More information can be found on the IAASB's website. This concludes the podcast summary of our board meeting in March 2016. Meeting highlights and a full audio recording of the board discussions are also available on the IAASB's website. Listeners can also follow us on Twitter at IAASB underscore news. Thank you for listening.